rise and shine. Rise and shine, chop chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine, it's a beautiful day. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Rise and shine, nerds. Grab your coffee, wipe the sleep from your eyes, and turn up the volume as we kick off your day with Love Thy Nerds' official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources for Love Thy Nerd. And I'm Deidre, world record holder for Most Eyes Rolled. Welcome to Season 2 of Rise and Shine, Nerds. This week we're talking about the Hollywood writers' strike. Today we're going to be talking about the latest progress of negotiations, or lack thereof, and kind of go through the history of the writer's strike so far over the summer. But first, we've got a lot to catch up on today in Rise and Shine Nerd News. This is RSNN. Let's talk about smart glasses. Uh, the Ray-Ban smart glasses launched by Meta uh, almost two years ago. That's Facebook for everybody who forgets. Uh, <laughs> launched almost two years ago, have struggled to catch on with owners, many of whom appear to be using the devices infrequently, uh, according to internal company data. So this is from the Wall Street Journal. It says less than 10% of the Ray-Ban stories, which is what they're called because... You add them to your little stories up there, mm. what, you, what you film, uh, purchased since the product's launch in September of 2021 are used actively by purchasers. So less than 10% of them that are already bought are used. Are used. Wow. Uh, according to a company document from February revealed by the Wall Street Journal, Meta sold a total of 300,000 of the wearable devices through February, but the company only had about 27,000 monthly active users. Wow. Uh, the device, an important part of Meta's hardware strategy, allows users to take photos and listen to music with the frames of their glasses, among other features. But it's experienced a 13% return rate, according to the document. Among the top drivers of poor user experience were issues with connectivity, problems with some of the hardware features, including battery life, inability for users to import media from the devices, issues with the audio on the product, and problems with voice commands for the smart glasses, according to the document. I feel like this is just uh, it's a piece of technology that's just not going to catch on. Like, yeah. I, th I think this is the mood for smart glasses. I think humans are just not interested. We don't want them. Google Glass. Remember, Google Glass was coming out. Mm -hmm. That was the first one. It was first. It was like their own glasses. And then it was like, well, it'll be a thing that you connect to your glasses. And, you know, it just looked like a look like the Bubba Fett eye, you know, thing that just that soups down, down and you just you know it's really weird and it's supposed to give you like this weird augmented reality mm -hmm. i don't know if you could point and click in the sky i have no idea how you interacted or yeah. were supposed to interact but they got canceled before they ever came out uh i feel like i mean not not a lot of people wear glasses like some people don't wear glasses don't want to wear right. glasses. Yeah, it it's like you're asking glasses. them to put it on their face and I don't know. 
That was you a know, short-lived thing, though, for fashion, right? The people who didn't wear glasses wanted to wear them, so they put them on <laughs> fake glasses yeah. and no lenses. Yeah. Uh, Snapchat came out with the Snap Spectacles a couple years ago as well. This was as similar to the meta ones where you're filming whatever you're doing and then putting it up on Snapchat for the 24 hours that it exists. Uh, Amazon Echo Frames also exist. It's where you can use Alexa through your glasses. <laughs> I mean, is that something you want? Is that something anybody really wants? She already like perks up <laughs> when I'm not calling her, you know. I hey, I want to talk to you. And she's like, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. That would happen all the time if she was on your face. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just the constant. You're having a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Shut <laughs> yeah. up. No. Yeah, then you look crazy. Right, nobody knows what you But he just freaked out for a second. I don't know what was going on. I'd be more interested in augmented car windshield technology, says Joshua. Uh, that's frightening. <laughs> it's going to, I mean, I'm okay with just the um, little like display that some cars have where it shoots up some of your info that would normally be on the dash, like on the bottom portion of your windshield. But it's just like a reflection, kind of like an arcade game, you know, mm -hmm. is set up. Having augmented reality on the windshield, that feels like Minority Report. You got your your gloves. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. JC Phenom, I'm late to the game, but this reminds me of when Luigi gets to use the Virtual Boy. <laughs> Man, the Virtual Boy. Did you ever get to use the Virtual Boy? No. Do you remember what I, it is? I'm like trying, because I think I watched you play. Oh, no. Luigi, No. Oh, Luigi's Mansion. No, this is... What are you talking about? Luigi's Mansion, that's like a gimmick of a Virtual Boy in the game. But the real Virtual Boy that came out in the 90s was this big headset thing. Oh, okay. That had to be like sat up on a very high table so you could <laughs> line up with a chair. And it's like you're going to the eye doctor. You know, you have to put yourself in those things. Trying to get it just right. And it yeah. was this 3D red vector image game. Like, it had different, like, you know, perspective you could play in the background, foreground, whatever. Sometimes you'd be shooting back and forth. Turtle shells. I'm remembering a Wario game, I believe. But I, I only ever played it at Blockbuster. Like, they had it set up mm. uh, in, the, in the Blockbuster. And so I don't know how many COVIDs I caught then. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, it was, it made you sick after a while. Cause, yeah, and it, it would. It just wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. But that's what, yeah, that's a good... Uh, it's a good connection. I remember Virtual Boy's com commercial slogan, don't blink. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's from Doctor Who. It is. It is. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, I have enough problems giving Siri and Alexa to do what I ask. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. there, here's something I didn't know until I started researching this. There are like over 30 brands of smart glasses. Wow. Most of them not connected to, you know, a big. Here I am just Social sitting around film. with not smart glasses on my face. <laughs> All these dumb glasses on my face. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't know that. And I don't think anybody knows that. I don't think <laughs> anybody knows not. that those exist. <laughs> it is a very niche market because nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. Stop making them. Nobody wants them. And apparently... <laughs> All you do with it when you buy it is put it on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I own these. <laughs> Set them down. Let's move on to Uber. This is an interesting story. Uh, <laughs> this comes from MSN.com. This is just, I mean, it's not really, it's not really like a big 
update on Uber as a company. It's it's a thing that happened that I just want to share. <laughs> Wired editor at large, Stephen Levy, was hit with a $52 Uber bill for riding 2.9 miles in New York City. Wow. As he was heading to an interview with Uber CEO, Dara Karshwashwashki, I don't know how to pronounce it, Dara. He said, do you know how much it costs me to go 2.9 miles uh, where to where we are right now in an Uber? Levy asked Dara. And he said, $20? And I said, no, it was $52. And he said, oh, my God, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, this interview's not going to go well. Uh, <laughs> the CEO attributed to the head-scratching fee to surge pricing. Uh, Levy insisted that made no sense, given the trip took place at 10 a.m. on a sunny weekday, and it's not like the president's in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uber CEO blamed inflation for the increased rates then, uh, telling Wired during a sit-down that everything is more expensive. When asked for a statement, Uber shared the following, Riders' fares are a direct result of the city's regulations. The fact is, is that they're not subsidized rides anymore. Uh, and the way the company operates is expensive. Uber, which had recorded more than $31 billion in losses since it launched in 2009, reported its first profit ever mm-hmm. uh, about a week, week and a half ago. <laughs> Trisha, it would have been cheaper to walk and healthier. Yeah. yeah. $52 for less than three miles of driving is wow. insane That's money. That's crazy. That's worse than taxis. Mm-hmm. Ubers are supposed to be better than taxis, right? Right, right. That's worse yeah. than taxis. That's crazy money. Um, also, the fact that they've never had a... They've <laughs> never been profit- profitable. That's I mean, almost everything these days. <laughs> yeah. all, all the new stuff just doesn't make any money. But you wonder if it's like all the write-offs that they get to do and everything that... Puts them in the negative on purpose or something. I don't, I don't know. know. $31 billion in losses. In, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of losses. In 12 years or 13, 14 years. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't count. Uh, I just, I just find that so funny. <laughs> just sitting down. You know how much it costs to get me here? lastly let's talk about the powerpuff girls you didn't expect this one did you no uh if you were hoping to see the powerpuff girls in live action it's sadly not happening anytime soon originally announced in 2020 this is from the nerdy.com by the way uh a pilot episode was ordered by the cw in february of 2021 the cast was selected in march of that year uh, and included Chloe Bennett as Blossom, Dove Cameron as Bubbles, and Yana Peralt as Buttercup. The pilot was filmed, but then issues began to spring up. The rumor was that it wasn't quite what the network wanted, but they were willing to have a second pilot shot. In the middle of all this, the sale of the CW to Star was taking place, and the new owners are taking the network in some new directions. In May of 2021, the CW officially passed on the series and released the rights back to Warner Brothers TV to be shopped around. And now, according to a report from TV Line, the project is completely dead, not moving forward in any fashion. However, an animated reboot is in the works at Cartoon Network with creator Craig McCracken attached to the project. So we may get to see the trio in action once again in animated form. But for now, the dreams of a live action have definitely been dashed. I couldn't be happier with this news. 
Look, why? <laughs> I won't lie. I watched the Powerpuff Girls, their first series, a lot. And I was probably too old to enjoy it at that point, but I did. And the idea of a live action <laughs> CW Powerpuff Girls scares me to death. Do you think it was going to be all drama? It's going to be them as like teenagers <laughs> or whatever, and it's going to be awful of sex and nastiness. It's going to be terrible. They're going to do what they did to Nancy Drew. Okay, I didn't know about Nancy Drew being messed up by the CW until we had Emery Glenn, one of our LTN writers, write an article about Nancy Drew and if if our characters should grow up with us. You know the stuff that we had. Mm. As it's a very good article. Just came out a couple days ago. Um. But just after reading that and then seeing this news story, I'm like, oh, my gosh, please no. <laughs> that would be awful. I would very much rather have a reboot on Cartoon Network. Right. Gosh. Right. Like, I even feel like um, Smallville, those first couple seasons. Those first, oh, my I'm gosh. Like, they Lana, were so. get over yourself. So dramatic. <laughs> That's like, why I didn't even just know. just get to the superhero stuff, please? It wasn't until season four came out on dvd that i even knew that was a superman show really <laughs> like i would see the commercials for it all the time but then it wasn't it was until i was in drama. i was in walmart and i saw the superman logo on something in the dvd i'm like smallville oh my gosh that was superman's hometown <laughs> is this a show about superman and then we bought and remember i bought all four seasons that were out and we started and binge watching. no it's not but I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's decidedly not about superman yet but it got it got so for me anyway for for the comic book fans it got so much better towards it the did. end because it, it got did. very superhero-y very sci-fi mm -hmm. there was a there were elements of that in the first few seasons, but it was mainly the, would you want to like me? <laughs> I can't tell her my secret. <laughs> I'm an alien. Oh. Oh. I just. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, I guess if you're, like, if you're watching them when they come out, you don't see it as much as if you, like, watch episode one after the other after yeah, the other. It's it, just yeah. all about. <laughs> What's your secret? What's your secret, Clark? You know, why can't you trust me? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a show that did not lend itself well to uh, binge watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you of all people would understand this. Yeah. They used that line yeah. eleven thousand yeah. times in Smallville. <laughs> I thought you of all people would understand, but I guess I was wrong. Storms off. Like, come on. Come on. Anyway, we're yeah. going to stop right there and take our first break. But when we come back, we've got even more dirty news to catch up on. <laughs> Welcome to the Lightning Round, brought to you by Moviga. I'm Brian with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now go ahead and grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Remnant 2 by Gunfire Games has taken the gaming world by storm, selling over 1 million copies in its first week. 
that's just absolutely incredible. Personally, I've picked up this game twice now on two different platforms and have been absolutely lost in it. It is so much fun trying to find all of the secrets and hidden loot. If you like looter shooters, if you like RPGs, heck, if you like video games, this is for you. It's so good. Please check it out. It's on all the platforms that most people play on, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Go pick it up, and I promise you won't regret it. It's amazing. Gran Turismo, the movie, got a 6 from IGN. Um, in their review, they mentioned some cheesy sports movie tropes that maybe rear their head, but I don't think any of us are surprised there. But David Harbour's performance in particular definitely, in their words, brings some conviction to the movie. While I wasn't very excited for this movie in the first place, as I'm not the biggest fan of the games, I do hope that those performances can carry it because I would love to see more video game adaptations and uh, don't want this one particular one maybe if it's not the best to to keep some future ones from happening but here's the hoping that it's gonna score a little bit higher for everybody else Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 has been officially announced with a new trailer <laughs> Makarov is back from the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare Call of Duty 4. Hopefully Call of Duty can kind of uh, grab its bearings and tell us a great story again and just have some awesome multiplayer that doesn't turn too chaotic. Disney Plus is set to crack down on password sharing soon. This is a bummer across the board. While I am not an expert on this in particular, um, I can't imagine so much password sharing is happening that the screen limitations aren't enough to kind of mitigate any loss in revenue from subscriptions. I'd be curious to see why this has become a trend in the industry. While this is a bummer, I uh, just wanted to let you guys know so that way if you're sharing passwords, it might be time to either get your own subscription or kick some of your friends off. <coughs> Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Movega podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you listen to that sort of thing. That's where we'll be talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Brian, and thanks for joining me this week for The Lightning Round. to Rise and Shine Nerds, LTN's official morning show here on YouTube and LTN Radio. On YouTube, we premiere our episodes every Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern every morning. Uh, I'll be live to chat along with you during the show, and if you can't catch it when it premieres, you can watch it anytime afterwards on the YouTube channel. So our season one finale was on July 13th, which is almost exactly a month ago. And in that month, we've missed a lot of nerdy news. So we're going to do a rapid fire recap today. Deidre's going to read the headlines, and then I'm going to give like a quick synopsis or something of the news story. All right. You ready? Sure. All right. Let's go. The movie War Games anticipated our current AI fears 40 years ago. There's nothing stopping anything in that movie from happening right now. Sleep well. <laughs> Sony and Microsoft agree to 10-year Call of Duty deal. Even after Xbox merges with Activision Blizzard, the PlayStation will still be an option to waste hours a day pretending to be fit enough for military service. Disney CEO Bob Iger... Iger? <laughs> Iger. 
Says Marvel's <laughs> diluted audience attention is from making too many Disney Plus shows. Out of touch, Iger forgets seven of the nine MCU shows are actually huge hits, while five of the eight MCU movies in the multiverse saga were flops compared to the Infinity Saga era, and fails to admit that maybe the stories have just been kind of whack. <laughs> Threads uses drops by half from thre Threads usage drops by half from initial surge. Despite being the fastest growing online platform in history, just a week later, less than half the users returned, and those that did stayed on the app for about six minutes, probably because they were too busy updating their Google Plus circles. <laughs> eGenesis plans to transplant gene edited pig hearts into babies next year. It sounds like the start of a new Halloween blockbuster, Attack of the Baby Pigmen, mm -hmm. but this could actually buy babies born with serious heart defects time enough to wait for human heart transplants. NYPD to test public announcement drones during emergencies. NYPD are totally not putting guns on drones, so if you see one coming, it's just going to tell you about the heavy snowfall on the way. We promise. Netflix gains nearly 6 million subscribers as page sharing soars. We all promised to revolt after they cracked down on password sharing, but apparently I'm the only one who isn't a freaking liar. <laughs> Amazon's palm scanning payment system coming to all Whole Foods stores. Next up, airport security full body scanners coming to Walmart self-checkouts. <laughs> T-Mobile charging an extra $5 to pay your phone bill in store. T-Mobile doesn't like customers who don't trust putting their bank details on the web and is instead punishing them for not using auto pay while some companies are still charging me a convenience fee for paying online instead of with the check. OpenAI quietly shuts down its AI detection tool. Tool designed to help professors tell if students are using AI to write their reports has been killed off because it was almost always wrong. <laughs> I'm sure all those students wrongfully flunked out of their classes will take a nice fat apology check. Mm. Whistleblower tells Congress the U.S. is concealing multi-decade programming that captures UFOs and even non-human bodies. Aliens might be real, but literally no one cares. Nobody. We got bills, y'all. <laughs> Meta Microsoft and Amazon team up on Maps Project to go up against the Apple and Google duopoly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to use a driving app that shares all my data with Russia, changes the interface I like to something full of tiles, and has me arriving at my destination two weeks later than I planned. <laughs> Meta's Reality Labs has lost more than $21 billion since the start of 2022. Remember when we all thought the future would be like Ready Player One? False alarm on that one. <laughs> NASA launches its own stream platform later this year. NASA Plus will feature science-focused space news videos for free in its own native app, which would be exactly the same as using a YouTube channel, but with less of a chance of people watching. <laughs> Scientists resurrected extinct microscopic nematodes, nematodes. nematodes <laughs> that were frozen in Siberia for 46,000 years. Shouldn't we be voting as a planet 
before we do crap like this? Like, I'm pretty sure a hundred different apocalypse movies start with this kind of thing. I'd like to have a year where I'm not constantly afraid a couple scientists in a lab are about to leak the next world-ending crisis on us. <laughs> Elon Musk predicts electricity shortage in two years. Well, it's a good thing we're making all these electric cars! <laughs> And with that, we'll take our next break. When we get back, we're diving into our main topic, the writer's strike. What's up, nerd? Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Tune in to LTN Radio for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie 24-7. Not to mention a whole network of podcasts, shows, specials, and shorts, many of which air on LTN Radio before they're available anywhere else. Join us at ltnonair.com to see our schedule, stream our station, and download our app. and shine nerds ltn's brand new morning show today is a celebratory day not only is it the season two premiere of our show today but it's also the day that the faith and fandom podcast with our good friend hector has joined the ltn podcast network whoop, whoop. after the show today we encourage you to check out the first episode of this season where hector interviews karen whitfield the Bronze Age Batgirl who traveled the country with Adam West and Burt Ward to meet Batman fans across the country. You can find it at lovethynerd.com slash faith and fandom. Faith and fandom. Faith and fandom. Not fat and fandom. <laughs> fat faith and fandom. Mm-hmm. That's my show. This week, we'll be talking about the only real news in Hollywood right now, the writer's strike. Uh, today, we want to look at the timeline and just see where things stand. Um, so first, let, let's jump back to where it started. Let's give you the history lesson, okay? So in mid-February, Hollywood Studios saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. and began to prepare for a strike of the, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America. The WGA met in late February to vote on the key demands before bargaining with studios, and here's what they want. Here's a big one. It's called uh, it's called mini rooms. They want to end the use of what are called mini rooms. A mini room is essentially a smaller writers room with only a handful of writers. It's not necessarily the room. This like okay. the writers room. You know the team. <laughs> right. It's only a handful of writers who are set to take care of the first ten weeks of a series. They are paid scale minimum. They are given no promise of continuing with the show, uh, but at the time are not allowed to seek other work. They also do not get to be a part of the production or the post-production process. Usually there are writers on set during a show as it's filming in case things need to be changed or reworked or whatever. Not allowed to be a part of that process. These writing, these writing jobs that lay the groundwork for franchises are treated as gigs. Hmm. So you're not actually hired. You're, you know, it's a contractor essentially. Right. Uh, and when the show takes off, they're given no credit. Hmm. And what's even worse is that it's usually for the first 10 weeks. If you think about like a, a series on TV, that's going 26 weeks, 24 weeks. You know, it's a long time. Right. A lot of streaming shows, that's the whole season. 
Oh, that's true. Like Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Every season of Strange New Worlds, only 10 episodes. I don't know if they're doing many rooms in Strange New Worlds. I'm not trying to paint them that way, but I'm just no. Seasons are shorter on streaming. Right. Uh, number two, they want increased contributions to the union's health and pension plans. Three, they want higher minimum pay across all categories. Those are standard and strikes usually. Mm-hmm. Four, they want standardized compensation, whether content is released in theaters or on streaming platforms. Uh, Despite the streaming boom, median writer pay has actually fallen in the last decade. Mm. And then number five, they want regulation of artificial intelligence in writing. Writing jobs should be protected, and AI should only be used as a helpful tool, not for content creation. So these demands were approved by the WGA members nearly unanimously. Uh, March 20th uh, is when the negotiations began, and they were tense. Uh, Neither side really willing to budge on pretty much anything. Uh, Talks continued for weeks, but to no avail, WGA moved to strike on May 2nd. Uh, A month later, SAG-AFTRA, which stands for the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, uh, voted to strike as well in support of the WGA. Uh, So this went into effect in July. Uh, The Oppenheimer cast had an historic viral moment as they walked out of their own movie premiere in the UK Hmm. due to the strike going on. Uh, Like, they were there, and they left. Hmm. Like, it's a big, big deal. Right. Scripted TV production and movie production has virtually stopped at this point, uh, aside from a handful of productions that have been given, granted a waiver to continue working. Uh, NBC Universal did the petty thing. And had all the trees along the picket line route outside their studios trimmed to nubs so strikers would have no <laughs> shade or comfort. <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con comes and goes with little Hollywood involvement, uh, as even actors who attended aren't allowed to discuss projects. With no sign uh, of the end in sight, there's little to promote from studios. Uh, according to the union strike rules released on uh, the Thursday after sag after joined actors are not allowed to promote their work through premieres interviews personal appearances conventions fan expos or festivals wow so you can't talk about the show that you're on mm-hmm. or the movie that you're doing mm-hmm. can't talk about it on august 1st three months after the strike began the writers guild and the hollywood studios agreed to renewing talks and this leads us to kind of the last big update uh as of the time of the show prep this is from august 5th so we have an article here from the nerdy It says, as Friday dawned in Hollywood, the movie and television industry held its collective breath uh, if some movement would occur on the strikes. By late night, those hopes were gone for now. As Writers Guild of America, like, uh, strike creeps up on its 100th day, the, the, another acronym that I don't want to confuse us all with, but... The Hollywood execs reached out uh, for the possibility of reopening talks. The meeting took place as planned on Friday, but from the notes shared by WGA members on Friday night, it seems things did not go as planned. They wrote, Dear members, Ellen Stutzman and Tony Siegel met with Carol Lombardini and uh, the staff this afternoon for what Carol stated was a confidential sidebar to discuss resuming negotiations for uh, the new NBA, the new agreement. Uh, Topics included... Uh, press blackouts also discussed was potential negotiation protocol and a preview of the issues each side intends to bring back to the table upon resumption. As of now, there is no agreement on these items because the exec said that they needed to consult with their member studios before moving forward. 
Our intention after the confidential meeting was to send a simple email to you, letting you all know that we would get back to you as to when there's more specific information about resuming negotiations. However, before the negotiating committee even had a chance to meet, our communications department began hearing from the trades asking for comments on studio leaked rumors of the contents of the confidential meeting. <laughs> this is after the exec spent much of the meeting emphasizing the need for a press blackout. Since the studios are leaking to the press, we need to let you know what was said in the meeting. First, Carol informed us that the DGA deal would be the deal uh, on any pattern issues. She stated that we're uh, that they were willing to increase their offer on a few writer-specific TV minimums and willing to talk about AI, but that they were not willing to engage on the preservation of the writer's room or success-based residuals. She did not indicate willingness to address screenwriter issues, Appendix A issues, and many of the other proposals that remain on our list. On behalf of the Guild, Ellen reiterated the expectation that all the fundamental issues over which writers have been striking these past three months would be addressed in this new contract and that no segment of the membership would be left behind. Ellen made clear that in addition to a comprehensive response from the execs on our protocol in all work areas, we need to address issues arising from the strike, including a health care benefit extension and additional plan funding, reinstatement of striking writers, and arbitration of disputes arising during the strike. We will also seek the right for individual WGA members to honor other unions' picket lines as they have honored ours during the strike. Carol's response, something she repeated three times during the meeting, echoes what was written in that press statement yesterday. People just want to get back to work. Hmm. We agree with the caveat that those conditions that have made writers' jobs increasingly unattainable must be first addressed. Your committee remains willing to engage with the companies and resume negotiations in good faith to make a fair deal for all writers, even with this early confirmation uh, that the playbook continues uh, but rest assured, this committee does not intend to leave anyone behind or make merely an incremental deal to conclude the strike. In solidarity, WGA Negotiating Committee. <sighs> that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> but essentially, they met to see if they could meet, came to some sort of agreement, <laughs> agreed on a press blackout until the time came, and the Hollywood execs leaked the stuff anyway, and so mm. they had to leak the stuff. Mm. So we have now surpassed 100 days of striking. Uh, both sides have agreed to keep talking. Um, the two sides seem to be citing their positions backed by two different things. Hollywood saying the whole industry is struggling right now and streaming isn't making money from almost all services. The writers say that execs themselves are making more money than ever mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. gaining that wealth but cutting costs, uh, they're gaining that wealth but cutting costs on actual people. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. They're, <laughs> like, I mean, they, they kind of, they have to agree to keep talking, right? What's, what's the other? What's option? the alternative? Yeah, <laughs> we just shut it all down. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the end. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I agree that the the higher ups get paid a lot. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I mean there should be room. Execs, for the people that write this stuff. <laughs> yeah, execs and, and certain celebrities just make stupid amounts of money. Right. Stupid money. Right. And, like, I, I, is, it, is it a time to back away from that practice? Mm. Like, how can you make a single movie and get paid, like, eight, $80 million? Right. 
and that be justified. Like I just, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, when, when you could be paid something more reasonable, that's still more money than most people are going to see in their whole lives for a single project. Mm-hmm. You could be paid something more reasonable. And so the people in the lower part of the production, the writers and the people working the thing actually get paid enough to you know pay their rent, not mm-hmm. live in their car, not have to work a second job. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be worth it. It would take $1 million away from the top actor or top exec or whatever and just fund the rest of it. It right. seems like it would, should be so easy. And it's like, well, no, we need Robert Downey Jr. to make $85 million for this project. And so you need to eat ramen, (laughs) breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the writer's room, please. Thank you. Uh, I don't don't know. know. But that's also the whole point of America. I mean, at some point, yeah, but there's got to be a capper, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you start getting into socialism and i i see that (laughs) like that's but this is really just about what the studios are willing to pay for yeah like they're willing to offer that money yeah knowing that it's going to take money away from the people that are building the thing Mm -hmm. robert Downey jr is a great actor I'm not really trying to harp on him being the problem. He's not the problem. He's striking <laughs> along with everybody else. But I mean, he's one of the bigger names. Right. And, and that was always brought up as like he always he was making the most money in a lot of the Avengers movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, would he have done it for less? I mean, it's just like, so we could pay everybody and pay our animators or whatever else. Uh, like, it just... Uh, same thing with like sports athletes and things like that. I'm like yeah. sports athletes as opposed to <laughs> 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 like that. It's, it's just a stupid amount of money to play basketball. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> I don't understand why it's so much money. Uh, so as for the writers, the question really, it's, you know, in a hundred days, how are they surviving right now? Right. Um, right. Se- several of them are working other jobs, working in restaurants and things. Mm-hmm. But there's also a, like a fund, a Writers Guild fund that they've been putting into for years for when something like this happens. Uh, the Rock has donated seven figures to the strikers uh, this past week uh, himself. And so they're wow. they're getting by with what protection they have. But who knows how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. Um it can't be drug out forever. Somebody's got to give. Right. That letter here is implying they're not giving on anything mm-hmm. and also saying that the execs are saying, look, we'll talk about one or two of these, but we're not talking about any of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it can't go on forever. Mm-hmm. Or can it? Can it? Can it all burn down? I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow, we're going to take a look at everything affected by the strike. Uh, but as for today, we're out of coffee. So it's time to wrap things up. I don't know where you're at. <laughs> trying to read where you're at. Typically the end. That's usually where you no, well, I looked at the end and it wasn't there. <laughs> you saying that? Goodness. But before we go, <laughs> let's get our verse of the day. <laughs> 
today's verse is Matthew 6:14. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And with that, our Monday show is coming to a close. Thank you for joining us for Rise and Shine Nerds. We want to invite you to get behind the scenes by joining our LTN Discord community. Once you've joined at lovethynerd.com slash Discord, simply go to Channels and Roles and click on the Rise and Shine Nerds channel to gain access to it. You can help us plan shows and segments and even be on the show on yourself on yourself be on the show yourself on occasion uh subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the love thy nerd youtube channel so you don't miss an episode and tell us what you think of the show via our socials at rise and shine ltn on facebook and twitter once again i'm radio matt i'm daedra and as always a reminder jesus loves you nerds